Welcome to the Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Podcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Tuesday, March 15th day, 2022. Coming right up, it's the book of Psalms, chapter 68. Don't you dare miss it. We're talking about fake Christians. We're talking about unqualified elders. We're talking about churchy churches. Like, who is tired of going to churches and just tired of their traditions, tired of the sugar-sweet sermons that never get around to teaching the Word of God. Now, we pray for these people. First Timothy 5.12 or 5.2, we are to rebuke those that sinned. We are to correct people by documenting the truth with gentleness and compassion. You never rub somebody's face in their faults, especially if they claim to be Christian and they're biblically illiterate. Dude, it's on you if you're biblically illiterate. But pastor... Judgment starts at the pulpit. Why aren't you feeding the flock? Psalm 68, this is an epic psalm. This is one of the best psalms ever written when it comes to weeding out fake Christians. Now, we pray for everybody. It's all about compassion, and we're all part of the human family. We don't want to see anybody on the highway to hell. We want us to all be singing for joy for Father again like we were in the first age, as it's written in Job chapter 38. Now, first, please consider... All anxieties and uncertainties stop where biblical literacy starts. This Companion Chapel podcast makes the Bible easy for you to understand and enjoyable for you to follow along. First, please consider your part in the many-membered body of Christ. This is your call to action. This is your church. Help glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word. My part is creating this Bible teaching media. Your part consists of getting involved in the church administration with your time or money contributions, managing, marketing, advertising, helping with the website, helping with this podcast, helping spread the God's sacred word to the whole human family, whatever God-given talents you have. If it's on the computer, on social media, whatever God-given talent you have, God expects you to use it in the many-membered body of Christ. Who God gives much, He expects much in return. Companion Chapel is a registered nonprofit ministry. This Bible teaching podcast is only possible with your donations. Give it up for God and your whole human family at companionchapel.com. How are you blessing others with the blessings God has given you? Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, or e-transfer to email address companionchapel at gmail.com. The Companion Chapel is located at number 338, side road 28-29, Paisley, Ontario, Canada. The postal code here is N0G2N0. This podcast depends on God's provisions through you. Now watch this. This is epic, man. This is monumental. Psalms chapter 68. I'm telling you, I've never seen so much in one psalm as this. And it's all about love and compassion. Our Lord Jesus Christ taught love and compassion, but he was firm. He was not fake, and he will not put up with phonies. Let's go to verse 1. Epic Psalm, chapter 68. Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. This starts in your heart by having the truth, having a working knowledge of the Bible, and the truth is the great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, a true Christian and a phony, and heaven and hell. And don't forget, we pray for everybody. I'm not calling names, but I just had a bad experience. It was, it was bad. But it was experience that you're going to have with people. Someone came by from a church I'm trying to just go to Sunday on, claiming to be an elder, which he is. He's appointed an elder there. And it was a horrible experience for me. Absolutely horrible. This guy was just biblically illiterate, and I pray for this guy. He's an unqualified elder. And why he came up, contrary to biblical law, showed up by himself, no Bible. And there's two things about elders in the Bible. 
You're either a business elder or a spiritual elder. So, or a, a prophesying elder, like a, a teaching elder. One of, the, one of the two. Business or you're teaching the Bible. And so now I have to call out this guy on this. And there's lots of rules about elders in the Bible, but we're not going to keep talking about that now. We are all about compassion and being gentle. And we're going to talk more about this as we go along here. Fake Christians, we love them. But come on, it's only one book. It's only like 750 pages. Okay, let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Starts in your heart. They'll just, they'll just scatter like cockroaches when you start teaching the truth because we always have a linear progression towards the truth. And they have to go on hypothesis, theories, empty platitudes, catchphrases. You know, we pray for everybody, man. Everybody. Let him also that hate him flee before him. Yeah, you're going to flee before God. If you're not with him, you're against him. God's arms are always stretched out. He will never leave you or forsake you. People leave or forsake God all the time. They hate God. It's either love or hate. There's no in between. There's no making concessions who you think God is. You can't romanticize who you think God is. I get that in emails all the time. Oh, that's not the God that I know, Michael. Well, you can't document that. And I pray for you. Get over yourself. Egotism is not allowed in the kingdom of heaven. Or it would be nothing more than a new hell. Let's go to verse 2. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melteth before fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. What are we talking about here? Mankind always tries to smokescreen the truth with traditions. When the smoke clears, the truth always stands. Listen, church elder, if you're going to come by and say that you flop around uh, speaking in tongues and you don't know what you're talking about, but God does, you know, somehow this guy tells me, yeah, I speak in tongues, Michael. And I'm saying, yeah, can you explain that to me? Because I know you can't document it, but let's hear the story. I'll hear you out, okay, brother? He says, well, when I pray, I don't know what I'm talking about, but God does. He's speaking through me, through the Holy Spirit. So God is talking to you, elder, and you're babbling. You don't know what you're saying, but God does. So let me get, let me get this straight, elder dude. God, it, you know what? That's so ridiculous. That's an embarrassment to mankind. It's an abomination to God. You can't document that anywhere. And I challenged this elder guy. I said, dude, someday come back around here because I'm not going anywhere with your Bible. Even though there was Bibles on the table, my Bible, the manuscripts open because that's what I do all day as I study. Uh, please try and document this. You got, it's in the book of Acts or book of Corinthians somewhere. I said, dude, Document it, and we'll talk about it. And you be gentle with me, too. He was passive-aggressive on me with his traditions. And that's a man of Belial. And we don't have to put up with that. We are to rebuke those that sin. 1 Timothy 5.2. If he's an elder, how many people is he dragging in with him? And where's the pastor in all this? Okay, I just wanted to join a church. I was only there for six months on Sundays. And this guy came around and attacked me. We never even had a Bible study. I never even got to open my Bible to one verse and share one verse with anybody. I'm just thinking, wow, this guy is, he's hot against me. Broke all the rules for showing up, all the rules of engagement for a elder. Just to show up off the cuff by himself, have to come out in pairs. You have to be bringing a Bible because I don't have any church business. So you're coming out as a preaching elder or a business elder. There's only two categories in the Bible. One of the two. Which one was it? Obviously not preaching, obviously not business. What, what are you doing? He told me to be quiet in church. I haven't even said anything. Like nothing. And he asked me what I was doing at the prayer meetings. I'm like, 
uh, I'm in church and I'm praying to God at the prayer meetings. Okay, so obviously fake Christians empty out the churches. We have to correct people by documenting the truth and be gentle. Don't rub someone's face in it. Be gentle. I was gentle with this guy. He was passive aggressive on me. And let's just, the smoke screen will just, it'll just blow away. And the truth always stands. It melts like wax into a puddle and nothing. The wicked perish in the presence of God. They do. Wickedness cannot stand in front of God. But let the, re let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. Correct people by documenting the truth. We feel happy. All the angels rejoice when somebody comes to repentance. And that's our job, the biblically, biblically literate crowd. We study God's word. We can't stand these traditions that make void the word of God, as it's written, that are in the church. Just churches steeped in traditions. Guy coming around trying to tell me the birthday of Jesus Christ, trying to tell me about Easter, trying to tell me about speaking in tongues. I can tell you. I can document that standing on my head with my eyes closed. Okay, I'm here to help people. I am a remnant of truth. I've been studying these scriptures right down to the etymology of every single Hebrew and original language word for you. I do it for you because I love you. And I love this elder guy, but I can't stand his train of thought. Okay, let's go on. Receitingly rejoice. Verse 4. Okay, listen, let's, let's stick it three here just for a quick second. No, verse 4. Sing unto God. Sing praises to his name. Remember Psalms chapter 47, 7, with understanding. You ever been in a church so full of traditions? I was in a church, another church, and you know, I'm not, I, I am dogging churches, fake churches, because I went to this other church for three months and I sat in my pickup truck in the parking lot after a Sunday service with my Bible. And I noticed that no one else was carrying Bibles. And I pray for those people. I was like, where did this guy even teach me in the last three months? Nothing, nothing at all. In fact, he unteached me, tried to. And another thing about that particular church was the rock and or roll music that was playing for 35 minutes while I was standing with the back of my knees to a perfectly comfortable chair holding my body. I was like, I cannot wait to sit down. Please not one more song. Please not one more rock and or roll loud song off key with people waving their hands, some people waving flags in the air, running back and forth. Okay, that's fine. That's called adrenaline. That's not faith. That's adrenaline because it was impossible that these people were singing with understanding. And that's the saddest thing. Psalms 47, 7. You want to sing songs and you want to get your whole church up on an adrenaline rush, which is like the super preacher's MO, especially through the 80s and 90s. I don't know what super preachers are doing now. But anyways, yeah, let's get these people up on adrenaline. And that's what was happening in this church. Pastor, preacher, whatever, come up. And I pray for this guy. Believe me. I said, dude, you have the whole congregation. There's like 70 people here hanging on to every word. Teach us the Bible. Feed the sheep. Follow what the Bible says. No, use the Bible like a random book of quotes. Everything's out of context. And then everything's on these big screens now in, in, in churches. Quotes from man. There's not enough quotes in the Bible for you to rip off. You got to go outside the Bible. Oh, this guy, look at what genius guy this guy said. This celebrity said this. This politician said this. It's up on the screen in the church while he's singing, while he's preaching. I'm like, the Bible wasn't enough for you, dude? I pray for these people. I pray for them. 
I pray for them a lot. Come on, man. Let's teach the Bible, the traditions, the fake churches, the churchy churches, the fake Christians, unqualified people who have overstepped their spot in the many-membered body. Sing unto God, sing praises to His name with understanding. Extol Him. That means please delight Him. Get to know Him. Extol Him that rideth upon the heavens by His name, Yah, and rejoice before Him. Extol. That means please Him. Remember, God made us for His pleasure. Remember, that's the last verse of uh, Revelation chapter 4 that's also in the book of Isaiah. God made us for his joy. Isaiah 43, 7. Revelation 4, 11. God made us for his joy, his happiness, his pleasure, his glory. Do you think he likes you running around in a church listening to rock and or roll music loud, too loud, by the way, and not being able to sit down on a perfectly comfortable chair for 35 minutes before every service. Like, I mean, I was sweating bullets standing there going, come on, man, this chair looks so comfortable. And then I would sit down because I'd see someone else sit down across the room, and then I'd realize that person's in a wheelchair, and I'm like, I felt really bad, I felt really bad, stood back up. Yeah, okay, you know, extol him, please God. No traditions in church. God's word taught. He loves you. It's your way out. It's your ministry of salvation. The Savior in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And the word became flesh. That clause stopped there. And then the word became flesh December 25th. And then tabernacled amongst us September 29th. At the Feast of Tabernacles. Read your manuscripts or I'll read them for you. Okay, extol him that rideth upon the heavens. His name is Yah. We're talking about, these are the Exodus chapters, okay? So in the Exodus chapters, this is our way out. This is our escape, okay? We're talking about here, God dwells in the Zodiac. Remember Psalms 19, epic psalm. You got to click on that one after this one. As he completes his circuit. It's giving, telling us where God is. He's up there watching us. We've been reduced and restricted to just on top of the food chain. God repented that he had to put us in these flesh bodies. Why? Because he had to. It mean, when he said he rep repented, it means he sighed with disappointment. This is the only way I got to let evil run its course. And those who won't let go of it, those who won't come to terms with what's inside of them, then I can't reconcile them through Jesus Christ, my Savior, my darling soul, as it's written in Psalms 22, Psalms 35. The only begotten Son, first and foremost in importance. Again, Psalms 22, Psalms 35, Revelation chapter 1. Yah is God's condensed version of his name, Yahweh, Yah, Yahweh. Psalms, or Exodus 15.2. This links Exodus 15.2 with this Psalms, with uh, the book of Exodus and this Psalms. Okay, this is the first occurrence of Yah is in Exodus 15.2. In this Psalm, it's the first occurrence in the second book, in this Exodus book. This is telling us God's divine Trademark stamp of validity runs through this Bible. The threads that run through the Bible make up the structural fabric of the key of David itself. And here we're going to link this. Hey, when did I see that word? Yeah. Yahweh. Yeah. Exodus 15.2. This is our way out. A father of the fatherless and judge of the widows is God in his holy habitation. He watches out for the downtrodden. He watches what's happening. God will not violate the principles of free will. But you cannot violate the principles of God without consequence. And God's going to tell us later, our reward is not here. He's not going to come down here and write everybody a check for a million dollars. He's not your genie in the bottle. He's not your personal butler. We 
deserved to go through this flesh age. The Bible says that one-third of us followed Satan. One-third. God set the stage for this earth age, Genesis chapter 1, 14 to 18. Put the stars in their place, ready to rock. The one-third that fell, as written in Revelation chapter 12. We are the stars, Job chapter 38. We used to all sing for joy together and glory God and please Him. Till one-third of us, Revelation chapter 12, followed Satan. The stars, the hosts of heaven, the angels. Follow that thread through the Bible. That's us, that's me, that's you. We're the ones that fell. Where's the other two-thirds? Up there chilling with God and singing for joy, jumping for joy every time one of us repents because they want their brothers and sisters back. We're all God's children. We're all part of the human family. We are the one-third that has to pass through the matrix once, born innocent of woman, and get over ourselves. Egotism is not allowed in heaven, or it would be nothing more than a new hell. Yahweh, the fatherless and judge the widows. Hey, man, when you're downtrodden, don't, don't worry about it. This is a short time. God gives you a way out. These are the Exodus chapters. Listen up. Watch this come together. This is the greatest Psalms, I swear. I say that every time, but... Six. God setteth the solidarity of families. He bringeth out those which are bound with chains. There's so much said here. But the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Yeah, dry. You get nothing. No truth raining down on you. Water brings life. It's the living waters. It's the bread of life and the living waters. Jesus Christ feeds us with the bread of life, quenches our thirst with the living waters. So we never hunger or thirst after the ways or things in the world again. We don't participate in their uncertainties. How many times have you heard that word in the last couple of years? And it's uncertain times. Not for Christian people. Not for biblically illiterate Christian people. Fake Christians, it's uncertain. Our Lord Jesus Christ is our security, our safety. He is your rock, your stability. Certain times for us. Also look at this first, the prodigal son. When, when the solidarity, when a family comes back together, and we are, all, we are all part of the human family. When somebody comes back into the Christian world, the true Christian world, don't rub their face in the past. Don't say that, yeah, Michael, we know what you're up to back in 2000, what the, what the ever, and I'm telling you, you were no good back then. We're going to keep an eye on it. Yeah, just grind someone's face right in it, right? Rub their face in their past, in their faults. You know what? Jesus Christ forgives. He doesn't hold a grudge. It says that when, when God forgives, he puts the sin behind him, forgets about it. Forget about it. Human beings don't do that. Whew. They'll bring it back up in the heat of the moment. They'll bring it back up when they're feeling down about themselves, want to make themselves feel better. They'll say, oh, remember when you did this? Remember when you did that? They'll just rub your face in it. That's not forgiving. God forgives and forgets the sin. He considers human frailty. Who are you to bring it back up in someone's face? Raka, Jesus Christ says. In the great book of uh, Matthew chapter, I forget, I think it's 5 or 7. But the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Yeah, you're all dried out, withered up. You have no life. No spiritual life whatsoever. You're just going through the motions in life, chasing money till you die, and then what do you got? Nothing. Seven. Oh God, when thou wentest forth before thy people, when thou did march through the wilderness, Selah, referring to the neck, to the Exodus as an example for us in the here and now. Now pay attention. This is awesome. The earth shook. The heavens also dropped at the presence of God. Even Sinai itself was moved at the presence of God, the God of Israel. Watch this. 
God rains down the truth. This is what means dropped, okay? In the Hebrew, I forgot to write down the Hebrew word, but anyways, God rains down the truth. Check it out. Our victory song, Deuteronomy chapter 32. Mankind arrogantly denies it. Fake Christians dilute the truth with their traditions. God rains it down for whomsoever will. Verse 9 and 10, watch this come together. Big key verse here. Verses 9 and 10. Big key of David, ready to rock here. Thou, O God, didst send a plentiful rain, whereby thou didst confirm thine inheritance. When it was very weary, thy congregation hath dwelt therein. Thou, O God, hast prepared of thy goodness for the poor. Wow. Watch this. Dear inheritance. We are God's inheritance. He wants his children back. But he can't take back children that are still holding the ways and things of the world of greed, gluttony. Their whole focus is on progress, profit, consumerism, materialism. What's in it for me? Attitudes of obscene entitlement. Global growth, global spending, global investment. Just destroying the planet. And destroying each other. He can't be part of that. God sent a plentiful rain for your comfort, for your growth, to feed you. The congregation hath dwelt therein. Oh God, okay, what, is, what are we talking about? The congregation is to be employed as servants to God. You want to be part of this congregation? You, want to, you have to be employed as a servant to God and a servant to the whole human family. A servant to God's truth. Spreading the seeds of truth. Help magnify, glorify, and broadcast God's saving word. Don't hold back. Get involved today in your church. Get involved in this church. You find a church that's teaching the truth. Like I am here. Living with no electricity, no running water, nothing. Down to the bare minimum. And I feel I'm, I've been more mercies, blessings, and grace God has allowed me than anybody I know. Because you can't buy inner peace and contentment. You can't buy that feeling that you know where you're going. It's bittersweet watching the rest of the world drag their heels in the ways and things of the world, pursuing money and the things, money, all those things of obscene entitlement. We have to be, the congregation is to be employed as servants to God's word. You want to be part of that congregation here in verse 10? There's your employment. Not service to traditions, church traditions, and money. Verse 11, that's a great key verse. Oh yeah, we have to go. This goes takes us right to Matthew chapter 5. And I don't know, I'm going to try and condense this because I'm running late right here. Matthew chapter 5, always remember where it says the poor, okay? And I, I just do, I do, I've put this online so many times about those Beatitudes. The poor, we're poor in spirit. Our spirit is not geared up for progress, profit, materialism, consumerism, greed, gluttony. We're not, our spirit is not engaged in attitudes of obscene entitlement over others. Our spirit is not engaged in uncertainties, insecurities, blaming, looking at others with fingers pointed. Our spirit's poor in that. God's children do not fit into man's traditions and we will not cave to appease the evil agenda of wicked people in high places. We are poor in spirit to any want or longings. That's what's said in Matthew chapter 5. And this is a direct reference to Matthew chapter 5. Our Lord teaching us how to be happy, to be meek, 
Meek in the Hebrew language means to afflict yourself with self-discipline. Learn to say no to yourself, man, in in the face of all the vain curiosities, temptations, and trials out there. All those vain curiosities kicking against the pricks just so you can get a few extra pesos in your bank account. Oh, I'm going to get an extra car, a bigger front lawn. I'm going to get a bigger house. It's all about you, dude. It's all about you. Good luck with that because it will never be enough. You'll never be happy. Learn to say no to yourself in the face of all the vain curiosities. To be meek doesn't mean a doormat. Let me tell you, being meek means to afflict yourself with self-discipline. And people respect that. I sit around with heathen people pretty much every night up here. Like I'm living way out in the country up here at Companion Chapel. I have no electricity, running water. And I go over to my friend's workshop every night. We sit around a table. There's a whole bunch of people there. They're all heathen. But they know I'm unshakable. And they're starting to come around. But I've been hanging out there for a long, long time. And uh, they're starting to come around. They see. Oh, the mockings and scoffings I took. But when you have the Bible in your heart, when you have the Lord Jesus Christ with you, because you're biblically literate. Because you ask for it. You ask for his strength. You ask for his wisdom, understanding, counsel, knowledge, and strength. Not for personal gain. But so you can serve. Serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Serve the whole human family. When called upon, you are ready to rock. Mockers and scoffers have come at me. Dude, you can just bury them in biblical etiquette. The power of a mocker or a scoffer always lies within accusation. Never fact. They come up with all these empty catchphrases. And they look so little when they try to verbally attack me. And I know they're not going to physically attack me because I've been taking jujitsu for so long. And they know that. But the verbal attacks, oh, I've taken it. But it doesn't bug me. God has conditioned me to be a remnant of truth, a Bible teacher. And yeah, I can tell you. That elder got under my skin. He's not part of my group up here. He's not part of my friends. Like, I'm not going to talk anymore about that at this particular moment. The poor shall inherit the kingdom of heaven. Blessed, that means happy. Matthew chapter 5 is where this is referring us to. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the living word. The meek shall inherit the earth. Let's go to verse 11. That's a great key verse, 9 and 10 there. Isn't that just awesome? God's trademark stamp of validity is the threads that run through the Bible. Those threads are your glossary for interpretation. And that's when people say, oh, Michael, that's your interpretation of the Bible. I say, listen, dude, the Bible contains its own glossary. It's the secret code. It's the threads that run through the Bible, make up the structural fabric of the key of David itself. And then all of a sudden, it hushes the room. Verse 11, the Lord gave the word. Great was the company of those that published it. The Lord gave the word. We are the company that's supposed to publish the word. Great was the company of those that published it. We are God's army. We submit with unquestioning obedience. Matthew 24, 13. Those that endure to the end shall be saved. In the meantime, we are to magnify, glorify, and broadcast God's sacred word. Always remember that. We are the company. This is a military term, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I did look it up earlier, but that was hours and hours ago, and now I can't remember. Yeah, it is a military term. Host, army, 
That's us. We are God's army. We're not going to fly out of here like that church elder tried to tell me. Oh, we're going to fly out of here before the tribulation. Don't worry. I'm not too sure if you're going to be with us, Michael. No, I'm not, because my flight will not be out of season as the winter, as Matthew chapter 24 has so uh, plainly told us that a child could understand. But anyways, you know what? I tried to give this guy some Bible, and you know what? Some guys need... Some guys need... a. Bible thump, hardcover style. I take that back. I take that back. He was passively aggressive towards me. Never get aggressive towards anybody. But always remember Jesus Christ's instructions. When you're teaching the Bible, if someone slaps your face, you probably deserved it. If you've been thumping the Bible, do not thump the Bible. Be gentle and compassionate. This guy never came back. It was over two weeks later. I'm still waiting for him to come back to document that we're going to fly out of here in a rapture. I'm still wanting to see where he's getting the speaking in tongues, even though I knew right away. Uh, I tried to show him. Uh, I tried to teach him uh, First, uh, First Thessalonians chapter 4. Obviously, that's where you get the rapture. And, uh, and then I tried to teach him two pages after that, but uh, we wait. We endure to the end. We are God's company. We are God's army. Twelve kings of armies did flee apace, and she that tarried at home divided the spoil. Okay, now what we're talking about is examples. This is the Exodus chapters. We're going back to the time of Exodus, okay, when God intervened. Okay, let's talk about this for a quick second. I want to see if I have... If I've written anything down about this, now I've lost the verse. Verse 11. Okay, we are God's army. And I just read that, okay? Verse 12. Kings of armies did flee a pay. Okay, during the Exodus, that's what happened. And, and when God intervened back then, we'll talk about this in verse 14, okay? Though you have lean among the pots, ye shall be as the wings of a dove covered with silver and, the, and her feathers with yellow gold. What's this mean? Wean him on the pot. This means God makes promises that you deserve. God doesn't make promises that you deserve to live in luxury. Okay, let me talk. Examples that were transpired, or that transpired then in Exodus. I'll just try and figure this out, okay? Exam everything of this, these is examples for us in the end times. Examples that transpired then, for examples to us today... And this uh, between the pots thing, lean amongst the pots. They were. This means they were in a tight, dirty, oppressive, heathen spot. Like at the Exodus. Like people are right now. We're in a tight, dirty, oppressive, heathen spot. God intervened and allowed his children the spoils back then, as we're reading about right now. God allowed them the spoils. But now, deliverance... It's through our Lord Jesus Christ, our Deliverer, our Redeemer, our Kinsman Redeemer, our Savior. The sufferings before the glory. That's what we're talking about. First, you're between the pots. Hey, listen, man, if you're out there cooking outside and you're between the pots, it's dirty. Spilt food, burnt wood things, they even burnt poop back then. You know, like the ashes. It's dirty. But look at the, look at the salvation. Look at our promise. We're out of here. After the tribulation, we can handle it, don't you think? Wings covered in silver or feathers of yellow gold. When the Almighty scattered kings in it, it was white as snow in salmon. Okay, when the Almighty, when we say the Almighty, He's the one that will provide you. He is the sustenance giver. He scattered the kings back then. He scatters nations. 
And what's this mean? It was as snow as sound. This, what we're saying here is they scattered like they saw a ghost. This word salmon means like ghostly image, like something like scares people. Okay, it's not a fishy that's going up the river. We're talking about like, like they saw a ghost. They just pooped their pantaloons and skated. Okay, verse 15. The hill of God is as the hill of Bastion, very fruitful, very prosperous. As far as what God considers prosperous, not someone with a Cadillac and a BMW and a Range Rover and a giant house. That's doesn't God considers prosperous. He considers prosperous the perpetual life-giving planet, the natural way he set up the natural order of things. He considers peace and, and human dignity and completeness and coming to an understanding, a place of peace beyond our present comprehension, inner peace and contentment. Things you can't buy with filthy, dirty money. That's what God considers prosperous. That's why he's saying like the hill of Bashan, very fruitful place, a high hill as the hill of Bashan. Why leap ye hills? That's like other nations. Hills, people, villages. That's what this means. This is the hill which God desires to dwell in. Yea, the Lord will dwell in it forever. Okay, let me let me clear that up for you. Let's go. Let's 15 and 16. I just read. Okay, false Christians try to sit higher than God with their traditions. The heathen give power to Satan's thought pattern. Isaiah 14, chapter 14, 12 to 14. They try to sit higher than the hill of God. They try to sit higher than God. They're going to sit on top of the whole mount of the congregation. This is a direct reference to Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 to 14. You have to read that to understand this verse. It's what Satan thinks. It's what everybody thinks outside of the word of God. Oh yeah, we're going to sit higher than God. We're going to make concessions for God. We're going to challenge God's sovereignty because we know better. I get questions all the time saying, well, what if God's not perfect like we think? Perfect according to who? You? You egomaniac? Egotism is not allowed in heaven or to be nothing more than a new hell. You have to submit with unquestioned obedience. It says you have to be part of the uh, soldiers, the company of God, the host, the army. We are the hosts of heaven. We get back to where we belong. But you have to earn your spot, dude. Don't you think it's a cakewalk and that you can just flutter buff your way through it, sitting on the fence, pointing fingers at others, just waiting. What's going to happen here? What's going to happen there? What does God think about fence sitters? Revelation chapter 3. I will spew you out like vomit. You make me want to vomit. People that sit on the fence. Well, I believe in some of God's word, but other parts I don't believe in. You know what I say to them? I say, you know what you should do? Write down your own chapter to insert into the Bible. And when you meet your maker, just go, hey, Jesus, 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 you know, about this and that, I just want to say, this is a better way of doing it. Yeah. And my name, I'm, I'm King Poop of Turd Island. Where's my spot in heaven here? Dude, depart from me. You never got to know me. We pray for these egotistical people. Like, drop your ways, man, because you're holding up the heavens, a place of peace beyond our present comprehension, which we all are to inherit. But for whomsoever will. Okay, the chariots of God are 20,000 angels. Holy, that's a lot. That, wait a minute. 20,000, even thousands of angels. That's to say thousands of thousands. You're not going to be able to count them. 
The Lord is among them as in Sinai, in his holy place. You know what? Matthew chapter 26, 53, the heart-wrenching chapter, when Jesus Christ is saying to these guys, this hoodlum bunch of ragtag army the, that the church clergy came up with to destroy God's word, to destroy the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Jesus Christ saying, look, man, I could Jackie Chan it out of here. I got 72,000 angels with me if I wanted to, but I have to fulfill prophecy. This is God's plan, plot, and purpose. It is out of sheer, utter love that the only way to rid the world of evil is to let it play out. It has to play out, man. It has to play out. It has to destroy itself. And people can, so they can never get into heaven and say, I wonder what that would have been like. Hmm... So you know what? They can never get up to the up to the up to the Lord and say, You don't know what it's like, Jesus Christ, because he took the lowest earthly position. You know what? Even in the Psalm, we're gonna talk about when he took a took a walk through the lower regions of the earth. What are we talking about when it says Ephesians chapter one or Ephesians chapter four? Which is the next verse? I should have just waited. We're gonna to refer to Ephesians chapter four. What do you mean you took a walk through the lower regions of the earth? Because in the book of John, it says, Jesus Christ is talking to Satan. You got nothing on me, Satan. Nothing. You tried me to the max. You even nailed me to a cross through your church clergy, which is still predominant today all through the world. It's the same church. Same church system. Same church traditions. Same effeminate clothing. Same biblically illiterate people. Same ragtag army ripping around trying to destroy God's word. Same. Okay, God dwells, God dwells in the heavens, in his holy place, and he's amongst us, and he's surrounded by angels. Remember in Revelation chapter 7, all the angels are there singing. You want to be part of that. Now, I didn't mean to take that one out of context, but I'm saying a multitude, nations, tongues. It's right after the other cult who comes around knocking on your door and saying, only 144 are getting into heaven, Michael. I'm like, can you possibly read the next, very next verse? Couldn't even count the multitude that are around God's throne. I think that's more than 144,000. Like, read the next verse, man. That's what you get when you have people using the Bible as a random book of quotes. And we pray for these people. We're all part of the human family. Don't be a fake Christian. If you can't even read the next verse... Now, this is our epic, man. Verse 18. Thou hast ascended on high. Thou hast led captivity, captivity captive. Thou hast received gifts from men. For men. Sorry. Yeah. For the rebellious also. The Lord God might dwell among them. God will put you in your place. Don't you think otherwise. I was going to rip up to Ephesians chapter 4, but I'm not because I'm really, I'm really skirting time here. I thought I could do this whole chapter. Uh, let's, let's just carry on here. Verse 19. Blessed is the Lord who will daily loadeth us with benefits. The God of our salvation, Selah. All mercies, blessings, and grace come from our Lord Jesus Christ. All of them. We deserve nothing. We are the one-third that fell. We are the reason he suffered. Each and every one of us is the reason he suffered. He didn't have to do that. He did not have to manifest a little lower than the angels and walk amongst us. He's your teacher, your rabbi, your master, not some church elder with their traditions of Easter, Christmas, the wrong date. 
speaking in tongues, like flopping on the fish like a floor, like a flopping on the floor like a fish, and not even knowing what you're saying, but then claiming God says it. Listen, you do that in front of me. I told him, you do that in front of me. I'm going to get a garden hose and I'm going to spray it on you until you get up. I'm not kidding. I will do it. And everybody that knows me knows I will. Okay, let's just carry on here. Don't forget, the God of our salvation is righteous right arm. He is your Savior. The ministry of salvation, that's the doors you want to go to. Forget about going to the ministry of health, the ministry of transportation. Oh yeah, you got to do that. Don't forget the ministry of salvation. Your Savior is there. Your salvation. Your deliverer, your redeemer, your kinsman redeemer. He's your comforter. He is your rock, your only stability, your refuge, your fortress. He loves you. He suffered for you and he did not have to. He didn't have to. He could have said, these, these little insolent children, they want to follow Satan. They think they can govern themselves. It failed in the first age. God destroyed it. Then the one-third that gave power to Satan, that's me and you. We are the one-third because the other two-thirds certainly don't have to come down through this flesh age. We have to be taught a lesson. We have to humble ourselves in all humility and understand that Jesus Christ, the most selfless act of love and compassion beyond our present comprehension, was Calvary at the cross where the Lord Jesus Christ fulfilled prophecy. Prophecy became in accordance with the Word of God in accordance with reality. And if you don't believe that, then you think Jesus Christ is a liar and you've got a lot bigger problems than your egotism. Because when you're on that highway to hell, and God forbid you hear, the, you hear these words, depart from me. You never took the time to get to know me. You're up to bat for strike three. And strike three is great right throne judgment. We all struck out. First age. This age, we're up to bat. We don't have to swing and miss here. We can hit a home run and just do a tour right into those doors of the ministry of salvation. Hold hands with the Lord Jesus Christ and off we go. What we pray, everybody is with us. We are all part of the human family. Look what this planet's doing to each other. Just, it's just beyond measure. All the evil in the world is instigated by Satan himself, but all the evil in the world is perpetuated by the human heart. It's just absolutely an abomination to God and an embarrassment to mankind. Let's go to verse 20. I might have to stop this one here. I'm going to stop. I'm going to do verse 20 to, uh, to 35 tomorrow because that's 42 minutes or else I'd be sitting here all night. And I don't mind because I can do this all night, all day. It's all I want to do. But you know what? It's getting hard now. You know, I don't have two nickels to rub together. I study all day long for you because I love you and I can say that without knowing you. It's the same way people can say they hate each other without knowing each other. We are all part of the human family. This is the Companion Chapel. My name is Michael Reed. You call me, 519-706-8876. You send me an email. It means so much to me. Companionchapel at gmail.com. Feel lonely out here. This is a place of peace that God has allowed me. I'll share it with you. It's a big 77-acre place. It's gorgeous here. It's all by ourselves, all on the river. This is God's blessings. God owns everything. He sent me here to teach the Bible. I'm only doing it on this podcast, but if you know how to broadcast, magnify, 
magnify, glorify, and broadcast God's saving word any better than get involved in this church. I can teach the Bible. I love you. But what's your spot in the many-membered body? Don't delay. Call the day. Get involved. Companionchapel.com. I want to thank you very much for listening. Have yourself a great day, and bye for now.